Hello, my name is Philip Camella, and today we're going to have a conversation beyond science and religion. Breaking new ground in thinking, exploring the outer limits of what we know about the world and ourselves, unhindered by common beliefs and perceptions. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. Taking on subjects from the Big Bang, the multiverse, and evolution to the supernatural and the new rising consciousness. This is where scientists, philosophers, New Agers, and spiritualists come together to discuss where this world may be heading. Now here's your host, lawyer, philosopher, and the author of The Collapse of Materialism, Philip Camella. Now as much as some people like to avoid the subject, it is hard not to talk about the subject of God. In the newspaper recently, we've had a couple stories that bring this topic front and center in different creative ways. One of them, uh, a Wheaton professor, and Wheaton College, by the way, is right down the street from where I live, but a Wheaton professor has just got suspended for saying that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And this is uh, noteworthy because this happens to be true uh, if you read about Western religion, the Abrahamic religions, it is true that the Muslims and Christians worship the same God. And for my source, the same source that the Professor Hawkins uh, alluded to is the Pope himself uh, was recently interviewed and said indeed that the Muslims and the Christians worship the same God. But for some reason, this uh, Facebook post that Professor Hawkins uh wrote, got her into trouble with Wheaton College, who uh, did not like her um, comparing Christian faith with Islam. Now, there's another one going on right now that a lot of people probably don't understand the basics of it, but this is the feud between Saudi Arabia and Iran. It might uh, strike some people as surprising, why are these two Muslim nations feuding with each other, and perhaps they're even on the brink of a conflict, and it turns out that they each follow a different version of Islam. Uh, Saudi Arabia is a Sunni uh, faith, and they believe that the true uh, uh, successor to Muhammad is really a friend of Muhammad, that there's no spiritual successor, whereas Iran believes that the true successor of Muhammad is, is a Muhammad descendant or from his family. So here we have not only different religions uh, praying to the same God and worshiping the same God, but we have two strands of the same religion feuding with each other because they have different interpretations of who the true successor to the uh, originator of their religion is. Now this brings us to the topic of what do we do about it, and I'm happy to talk today uh, with uh, Robert Friedman, who is a co-producer of a brand new movie called I, God, uh, which you should all get, and we'll be talking about this a little bit, but one thing that struck me about this movie is is to compare it to the Cosmos um, show, which was on about a year or so ago, that got great publicity. It was on uh, the uh, it was on Nova. It was on national TV, talking about the mysteries of the cosmos. That movie goes outward, shows the miracle of existence, the harmony of the world, the inter um, integration of math with the physical world, 
but it goes outward. The movie I, God goes inward and really gives a up-to-date modern perspective about this concept of God. Now, Bob Friedman has been around, and he's somebody that um, you might want to look up uh, because he he knows a lot about this area. He is uh, a graduate of the University of Virginia. He's he spent two years of graduate study at the University College of Swansea of the University of Wales. Uh, he is one of the two founders of Hampton Roads Publishing Company. He retired from Hampton Roads in 2009 and has recently began uh, the new publisher called Rainbow Ridge Books, which is uh, a very, um, how can I put this, original and mind-opening publisher. And I'm happy to say that Rainbow Ridge published my book and is something I will always be indebted to Mr. Friedman for. Uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Nice to be here, Phil. Well, uh, I was saying that everybody should watch this this movie, and it's available uh, online. Um, it's uh, there's a trailer that anybody could could find by plugging in uh, "I God" into the Google search, and it's something to compare against the Cosmos movie. But it's got a couple things that are a lot better, and one of them is that it's a lot shorter, and it's more approachable. But first of all, Bob, in your career, you've done a lot in bringing people like Neil Donald Walsh to the public. Why did you decide to invest in this movie now? Well, actually, we started talking about the film back in 2000. Um, actually, it was... Um, 2008, I believe, and uh, it it took all that time to to get it actually get it filmed and out there. It's a typical Hollywood situation. We first go for a larger budget. We decide we can't find the money, so we backtrack and we go for a smaller budget and try to figure out how to do it. And it's it took about almost probably six years to get the to get the film together and actually done. And the only reason we could do it is because of uh, my son Jonathan, who is a very talented filmmaker. Um, he'd done a feature film himself and with his brother Matthew, and uh, he told us we could do it on a fairly low budget and get what we wanted. So uh, Neil and I agreed to go forward with it. In, in, in terms of the topic, it was it, is there something about the timing of the topic that you think is important? I mean, obviously, um, the concept of God is the perennial uh, subject uh, of of the human mind, but is is there something uh, about where we are as a culture that you think this movie is is uh, is is the right thing at the right time? I'm not sure about the, you know, that kind of timing. I think the concept of God has been around for thousands of years, and, and uh, people have disagreed on it for thousands of years. You know, in this particular age, um, there's a lot of religious conflict about um, about God, but I'm not sure that, you know, it, it was a matter of any particular timing. Um, we published Conversations with God in in um, 1995, originally, 
and uh, it became a, a New York Times bestseller for 132 weeks, and it sold 10 million copies worldwide. So that that concept of God that's in that book is not the usual concept of uh, the religious concept in, uh, for example, Christianity, Judaism, Islam. It's uh, the God in, in conversations with God is a non punishing non-judgmental God which is a not a not a, a kind of a mainstream uh, concept for yeah the I think God. yeah I think that I think one of the great benefits of the new thought new age movement whatever whatever this movement's called has been to uh, to uh, begin to break down the dichotomy between us and God that Many of us were raised with, which is the God of the Bible, uh, viewing viewing God as as the guy up in the sky with the with the beard, or the or the or the or the person that died on the cross, some kind of human form that is there to punish us, the, the heaven and hell dichotomy. And you know, as I was as I was preparing for the show and watching the movie. You know, I have a philosophy degree, and I'm thinking this movie is revisiting many of the same topics that we've that have been studied for thousands of years, with one difference. When you bring to the table people like Neil Donald Walsh, Deepak Chopra, uh, Barbara uh, Hubbard, Marx Hubbard, and even Lerner, the uh, Rabbi Lerner. You're starting to bring a more modern, I'm going to say, more integrated vision or picture of God, and and I don't know if you share that, but that's one thing that struck me, Bob. That's I was trying to figure out. Well, what are, what have we really learned? And I think you got to give credit to people like Neil Donald Walsh and Deepak Chopra and others who have who are expanding our minds to to this uh, concept of God. I'd give them a lot of credit, actually, because it's uh, it's not easy yeah. to to go out and, and um, say that that. Uh, in fact, Neil's uh, latest book, which I published, is called "God's Message to the World: Colon You've Got Me All Wrong." Yeah, and that's a, a sentence from uh, from the movie, actually, "Conversations with God" film, which came out some years ago where um, someone in an, in an audience that Neil was speaking at got up and said um, if, if you could ask if God could say one thing to the human race what what would he say just one thing and, and uh, Neil, Neil thought about it for a second and he said I can answer that in five words you've got me all wrong and basically what he's been saying is that, that humanity's concept of God, mostly through religion, is uh, is mistaken. The concept of the, <clears throat> the punishing God, the judgmental God, the heaven and the hell, and, and all of that is just not true. Yeah, I, that's, yeah. That, yeah, that's I, what his books have been about, you know. Yeah, I I thought I thought that was I I looked at that myself, and I think that that is a really succinct way to put it. And I've had I've been lucky to have a lot of guests on this show who um, 
open minds and who take different uh, creative approaches to these old concepts such as God. And one one uh, guest who, unfortunately, the name is skipping me is is a uh, is eluding me right now. But she she said something like. Um, you know, when Benjamin Franklin invented electricity, um, we don't put Benjamin Franklin up uh, up on a up on the stage or or in a statue and pray to Benjamin Franklin. We incorporate, we use electricity in our lives, and and one of the things that's coming across, I think, in this new thought movement the last twenty thirty years has been more of an integration, more of a connection to God. You know, in the old days, uh, this was an Eastern religion thing, where you would meditate and you would, you know, try to reach a deep sense of spirituality or connection with the soul of, of being, soul of consciousness or whatever. But Neil Donald Walsh's books, and there's probably there's probably very few people who listen, who listen to this show who haven't read one of them. But, you know, he, he has a very conversational writing style that's very approachable where he's essentially acting as the voice of God. And that is that is a really a cool thing to do. And, you know, Bob, and you, you published those books, so, so you had a lot to do with this. But, but I, I really think that the way Neil Donald Walsh wrote those books, very, very sort of um, down-to-earth, is really the selling feature of those books. I mean, I don't know what you think, but that's... I, well, I th- when, when you first looked at the, the manuscript, uh, we basically said the same thing. We said, you know, th- there's really nothing new here in terms of, um, you know, the content of the book that hasn't been written somewhere else. It was just the way it was presented. It was presented in a conversational tone. It was presented easily understandable and it was asking questions that you know most people would ask if they had a chance to ask God questions yeah and and um, you know Neil didn't know for sure that he was he was talking to God he knew he he basically would say you know look at the material if it if it if it resonates with you then then fine. I'm not here to convince you that I'm a I'm a messenger of God. Um, in fact, he says that God is you know his belief is that God is everything. God is all that is uh, in the entire universe. It's the source of of energy that creates the entire universe. So it's inside you. It's inside me. It's inside the table, the trees, the everything you everything that's physical in our universe, in our in on our earth is a part of God. So God is as much within you as without you. And um, the material was presented in such a way, as you say, it was very very conversational. In fact, it was a dialogue. It was a conversation with what he, what he thought was God or certainly a part of God in some way or another, but it, it was a very um, knowledgeable source wherever it was coming from so when you read it you think hey this is logical this this makes a lot of sense yeah and, it, it, um, yeah that, it's very that, comforting that was the attraction of the book yeah. yeah it's it was very it's very it's a very comforting and i don't know whether you've ever um taken a, a look back and and estimated how many similar books conversations with god has spawned 
I mean, it reminds me of the Tao of Physics. Uh, so many books have, have are branched off of that book, um, and you know, in, in doing this show, I, I get a couple, a couple books every month, and about half of them are in the nature of speaking to God, or you know, speaking to Shiva, or speaking to some divine entity, energies. And, you know, I don't know, um, I don't know what you think about that, and I I know that you have published other books from other people who who are, uh, who have some connection to God, but Neil, Neil definitely set the, the trend there. And by the way, folks, he also, Neil Donald Walsh is a co-producer of this movie, I Got, and he did narrate it, is that right, Bob? Yes, he wrote the narration and, and actually recorded the narration. Uh, based on the stuff that we had already filmed, yeah. So, so it related to what was going on in the film, and it, it was—it's really brilliant. It doesn't have um, Jonathan, the director, didn't want to do a film that said, you know was there to proselytize people. He wanted to present all of the points of view, uh, and then Neil's point of view as well. And you make up your own mind. What do you think makes more sense to you? So he would. He interviewed rabbis and imams and and priests and people on the street and New Age gurus and you know lots and lots of different people, and quantum physicists and scientists and uh, people like Greg Braden and, and um, as you mentioned, Rabbi Lerner. Barbara Marks Hubbard, Alan Cohen. You know, the, the real thinkers in the, what we call the New Age movement. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It really it really is a who's who uh of of the new age of the people in the New Age movement. And you know, any time you watch a movie like that, it's just speaking for myself, I'm always looking for what's common. Is there some is there some thread here that is Similar, that you know that connects this, and I was just wondering whether Bob, that was something you had when you when you went through this, and obviously you've you've read so many different books, manuscripts on this topic. But do you see an underlying theme to the movie I God? Well, the theme is uh, to present the um, you know the, the various points of view, and then let and let people kind of make up their minds I and. Mean, we wrote in the, uh, one of the promotional pieces, uh, we will examine the many beliefs about the nature of God. Perhaps it will change the way people look at their own beliefs, because that's where it has to begin with ordinary people. Institutions are the last to change. Long entrenched theologies and dogmatic structures are the last to accept the notion that they may not have the whole truth. And, um, that's what we wanted to present. You know, it, it, the the religions tend to say to their, you know, to their people, we have the truth. It's the only truth. And if you don't believe it, we'll kill you. Right. I mean, that's the way it used to be. Not so much anymore. Right. But there's still people who do that. You know, in the name of God, in the name of religion. And uh, basically, if there's a thread that runs through the film, it's it's um, showing uh, the the various beliefs that people have had for 
you know, basically since recorded time, and um, and also the the thread of the New Age thinkers, which basic they basically agree with Neil that you know God is all that is. It's not um, you know a, a bearded guy in, in on a throne who judges people and sends you to heaven or hell. It's um, and that's what we wanted to show people. You know, you, you make up your own mind. You know, Neil doesn't narrate with the intent to proselytize people. He narrates with the intent to, hey, look at this. See what makes sense to you. See what's logical. See why people believe what they believe. And then, you know, make up your own mind. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that this um, the scientific mindset has given us. And also... Uh, the the uh, freedom that we have as U.S. citizens, which is the which is the power to question, and so much of organized religion is 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 presented as beyond questioning, and that's that's really to me one of the big movements we've had in this new age new thought movement, which is the people are starting to ask these questions themselves and going beyond the traditional interpretations and for me I mean it's you know one of the themes that I kept seeing in your movie was this concept of evolution um, I think um, Amit Goswami talked about it and I think somebody I think he, I think I think Barbara Marks Hubbard talks about it too about you know we forget sometimes and this is me speaking, that we have two things evolving. We have our understanding of the world evolving. At the same time, the world's evolving. And so we we should reach a higher level of understanding over time. And without overstating it, we need movies like I, God, really to open minds. And, you know, you, you put it um, sort of very fair, which is, this is a well. This is a fair movie. This is a this this movie is not advocating uh, Neil Donald Walsh's view. Now, I think the conclusion is that that's the most logical view at the, when you watch the movie. But as you say, you have uh, a Orthodox Catholic priest. I don't know if Orthodox is the right word, but you have a Catholic priest. Mm-hmm. You, as you said, you have a rabbi. You have some folks and a, that Baptist uh, minister. I yeah. mean, I mean, you yeah, have I'm, some guys. I mean, I mean, you have some guys, some some folks that are entrenched. Um, at the same time, you're comparing these these beliefs with people like uh, Deepak or Neil Donna Walsh, and with Marianne Williamson. Uh, just to sort of have this sort of uh, changing, shifting roundtable discussion, um, and so that itself is a, um, a really a contribution. This is Philip Camella. This is Conversations Beyond Science and Religion. I'm happy to be speaking with Bob Friedman, the publisher uh, of Rainbow Ridge Books, but also a co-producer of a, a brand new movie called I God that he that he did with uh, his son Jonathan Friedman and with Neil Donald Walsh. And we're talking about how this movie is really a contribution to the dialogue uh, on what God is. And now, and one of the things that is also that's, I thought, really uh, uh, unique 
and refreshing about this movie, uh, Bob, and I don't know if you had anything to do with this, is but that you interviewed some ordinary people. Uh, and I don't lots know, of them. Lots I mean, of them. a lot of ordinary people off the street. And and who who decided to do that? Well, that was part of the original concept yeah. of, the, of the film to to in a way contrast what people on the street are thinking as opposed to the you know the priests and the rabbis and the, and the ministers and the new age thinkers you know just just to show people how, you know how, what where where the thought is out there and um, we did a lot of uh, street interviews just people off the street you know we stopped and said would you like to answer these questions and we got some amazing material from that yeah yeah, there was there was some really amazing. I mean, and one of one of the things that that struck me is that a, a lot of people haven't really thought about it very much, and and uh, when they're forced to think about it, it is it's it's a facet. It's fascinating to watch the people go through, you know, this this big question. And and you know, one of my problems with uh, our our scientific our modern culture is is and, and the religious culture is that many of these topics are viewed as being off limits, but when you ask somebody on the street, it's you know, their views aren't that dissimilar to the people who've really thought about it a lot. <laughs> um, but it it's refreshing to watch somebody work through these these ideas, um, like for example, the idea where where God oh where God is or am I separate from God. That's a good one. I think uh, I forget which which uh, which person in the in the movie. Uh, you know, well, you know, can you go both ways? How can you be separate from God if 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 God created the world? And it's you know these questions have been uh, have been investigated, uh, examined, analyzed since time immemorial. Uh, I was I went back to. Um, there's a famous proof of God, God's existence, by Saint Anselm, who uh, basically said, and I'm going to do a bad pa- paraphrase of this. He basically said, "Well, God has to exist because re- because being real is more perfect than being in the mind only. Therefore, God, because God's the most perfect being, God must exist." And that is very similar <laughs> to to a lot of these other interpretations of the same problem which is well god must must exist because if he's a perfect being we we feel like there's a presence there but does that mean that he really does exist and it it really it to me it's something that opens up this dialogue this question for everybody um in terms of you know what were some of your highlights of the film, and what what parts of the film do you think stand out in your mind? <laughs> That's hard to answer because yeah. I, I liked the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I like I liked all parts of it. We we started out with the uh, the idea of um, asking people, all of the people, everybody, the same seven questions. Yeah. You know, do you believe in God? If so, what what's your concept of God? Do you believe Do you believe in a heaven and a hell? 
et cetera, et cetera. We had those questions, so we could compare them, you know, as to what Deepak would say or what a priest would say or what, what the guy on the street would say. And even even atheists, we, we interviewed, shaman, you know, shamans and and uh, the head of the atheist society in Sweden, and, you know, we wanted to get all all points of view. But I... I think, personally, I think that um, the the thing that's that's been most effective in what you what you're talking about evolution of the evolution of thought about God is really quantum physics. Yeah, quantum physics is is essentially proving scientifically that uh, that there is a, a creative element in the universe. There's a source of energy in the universe that could create the entire universe. And I, I think as we evolve as a, as a human race, you know, it may take 50, 100 years, maybe more, to get to the level where we can, we can see God not as a, a person or someone who's like a human being who judges other people, who may be perfect, but he's a perfect. A lot of people think of God as a perfect human being of some sort and uh, send you to heaven or to hell depending on how, how well you act on the planet but I, I think quantum physics is probably the key to uh, to this evolutionary process we're going through and education of course the more people who get educated the, the more they're going to think about it in, in the logical sort of way Europe for example is much less religious, uh, and when I say religious, I mean um, organized religion. A lot of people define themselves as spiritual, but not religious, which means they're not part of an organized religion. But Europe, for example, um, I had read some t- statistics that, for example, in Switzerland, only 2% of the population go to uh, a church on a regular basis. And probably it's close to that in the, you know Sweden, Norway, Denmark, and to some extent in other European countries. So they're they're ahead of us in terms of being spiritual but not religious in that in that sense. Maybe they're just taking some parts of the religion and you know not taking the others. I mean, every religion has do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if people just followed that one, that one precept, the world would be instantly changed overnight. Yeah, I think that's that's why I alluded to the Benjamin Franklin example is because I think that to me the biggest downside flaw of Orthodox religion is the separation of the principles from the actor we we uh you know I was raised catholic and like a lot of people and the the separation um between the worshipper and and the worshiped uh it it becomes uh you know you replace religion or spirituality with worshiping but you don't change your conduct and and this to me, Bob, is the biggest problem we're having. I mean, it's you know, without even getting into the whole question about terrorism, 
but it's it's remarkable. It's it's like we're we're still living in the Middle Ages half the time, where people use religion to justify killing people. It's it's un it's unbelievable to me. And and in this in in, in this country, um, with I, I don't I, this is not a political show, but it's pretty obvious that many of the leaders, at least on one side of the political spectrum. Uh, the, the, you know the question is how how religious are you how um, you know and and by that the, it really comes down to uh, how um, how Christian are you how how what church do you belong to it, it's as if our leaders uh, are 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 not as open minded as we would need them to be to really change something in this country that that's it sort of scares me. Because we are so much influenced by our leaders, you know the whole uh, Jerry Falwell and Republican conservatism and all that. I, I don't know whether that has anything to do with it, but uh, it scares me because I all I always think that the, for real change, we need to change the thought leaders. We need to change the people who are giving us these these ideas. So there's a lot of there's there's a lot of things yeah, that I, break I, down. I agree, and I think I think the leaders know a lot more than they're telling people. In fact, I published a book called Jesus Gate yeah. by a, a minister out in Arizona, and um, his thesis, well, the, the theme of the book was that all of our our religious leaders, and the ministers, the priests, the rabbis, they know more about Jesus than they're telling people. Yeah, they know they know that. Jesus, for example, wasn't the Son of God. They know all of the contradictions in the the Bible. They know um, all of the stuff that a lot of the New Age writers have written about, but they will not tell anyone yeah. because they're afraid to. You know, they're afraid to be kicked out of the of the religion or their job or something. Yeah, and he considered that a, you know a tremendous scandal because you keep perpetrating falsehoods you know yeah perpetuating that you know, those beliefs well it's 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 one of the worst it's one of the worst uh how can i put this frauds that you could have um which which is um sort of taking advantage of people's deep beliefs i mean so many people depend upon the religious leaders to tell them the truth uh, and how many people know the editing that went on uh, when the new testament was put together you know, I mean, I'm not an expert in the New Testament, but I know enough that, you know, the powers that be selected certain Gospels that were, you know, uh, that told a better story uh, than than some other Gospels that may have put Jesus Christ in a different light. And and mm-hmm. and to me, this is where the questioning comes down to. And we cannot be afraid to question uh, religion. Yeah, the way the way this this movie does it is you give different perspectives. You don't have somebody coming out and saying this guy is full of you know what he doesn't know what he's talking about. I mean, I had that thought sometimes, but but uh, my sister is born again. Uh, her husband runs a ministry in Tampa, and they're beautiful people, and they have their own their own thing now. Do I think they're right? No, but they're wonderful people. They, they, I think they act in a in a in a Christian way. But 
we're never going to get to the point where we where we follow the the principles unless we incorporate the teachings into our lives. The Neil Donald Walsh point about you know everything's God is pantheism. Um, I pulled a couple quotes out for the show. One of them is uh, from Albert Einstein, who said, "I believe in Sp- in Spinoza's God who reveals himself." in the orderly harmony of what exists, not in a God who concerns himself with the fates and actions of human beings. And Spinoza was, if not the originator, a follower of pantheism, who believed that that nature was God. So we clearly have a long way to go. And and your your reference to quantum physics, I think, is right on. And, you know, it's always nice to have Amika Swami, who I've had on the show multiple times, talk about quantum physics and tie it into God. It's, you know, to me, on that topic, Bob, it's remarkable how long it's taking for for quantum physics to be incorporated into our mindsets. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, I mean, what do you think the problem there is? Well, not enough people understand it. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. as simple as that. It's, yeah. it's going to take a while to, you know, to percolate through the the common person's vocabulary and understanding. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, to a quantum physics, it's quite simple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, to somebody who's got a high school education, they may not uh, correlate, you know, quantum physics to religion or to God or something like that. Or it just doesn't, it doesn't ever cross, cross the threshold of the, of their lives, you know. Yeah. Well, so it's just going to take time. You know, it's just uh, just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. You know, the you were talking about your your sister. I mean, Christianity. The basics of Christianity are 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 pretty wonderful, really. Yeah. If you just followed them, you know, it's like someone asked Mark Twain once uh, what he thought of Christianity, and he said, I, I, I think it's wonderful. I wish they'd try it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly... Yeah, it's, yeah. It, that's good. The golden rule is, yeah. uh, you know, it, that alone, and love love everyone, love your neighbor, love God, love everyone. I mean, if people just did that, think how the world would change. Yeah. You know, you know but, but instead you've got these these people who justify, as you say, violence in the name of Jesus or in the name of Islam or, you know, what, whatever. It's just, you know, it's like a license plate bumper you see, you know. Um, who would Jesus bomb, you know? Yeah. Or would Jesus have a concealed carry permit? Yeah. You know, it's just, they use that in, in ways that are just, to my mind, are antithetical to to the basic concepts of, of any religion, and any religion has that in it. it it's really a way to, almost to uh, control behavior, human behavior, in a in a kind of a violent uh, culture or society. Yeah, yeah. And that, that, yeah. That's how it evolved, I believe, and also to for people to understand stuff happening to them that they couldn't explain, you know. Yeah. Let's not get into that discussion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is a. I mean, this. I mean, we could be very radical here, and I mean, there is there is a similarity between. Uh, let's let me just say uh, 
let me just say Catholicism or Catholicism or uh, organized religion and and like the pharmaceutical companies or doctors or even lawyers uh, um, where there or any profession for that matter where you are selling somebody something and you have to um, sort of prepare your buyers you have to get them in the right frame of mind in order to buy your goods okay now we could I could be extremely cynical here and talk about the pharmaceutical companies uh, about creating diseases so that the so that they'll create a drug to cure the disease and I could be very you know I could go there I won't but you get the idea there is some to me there is something to that um, there's some truth to that in organized religion there it, it is it is in many ways a business uh, to me there where you have people but but now they're playing with people's souls you know you need to do this to go to heaven essentially and it really is a how can I put this? It really is an archaic approach to the problem, uh, and I I do think, as with Europe being an example, that we are growing out of that. You know, where there shouldn't be a connection between your the money, the amount of money you give, the amount of times you kneel down, the amount of prayers you say or confessions you give, and whether you're going to go to heaven or not. Um, it's but again, to me. The, if you if you want to explain the power of the dog of the dogmatic religions, it's to me there's something to that effect. And of course, I've just said something very radical. Yeah, well, it's based on punishment and reward. You yeah. know, it's it, and that's the way you control people and, and populations. It's, and I think it evolved that way. It didn't start out that way. Like you said, Christianity was revised uh, by the Romans. And a lot of stuff was taken out of the uh, the New Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it because it didn't fit. For example, reincarnation. You know, two out of the three Jewish sects in the time of Christ believed in reincarnation, and uh, Jews in general don't don't believe. Don't. Um, it's not that they don't believe, but they they don't know about an afterlife. They just. They, they, their point of view is, you know, do good works and worry about the rest later. Yeah. Because we just can't know. But two of the Jewish sects at the time of Christ believed in reincarnation, and that was in the in the um, New Testament, actually, but it was taken out, as you probably know, Yeah. in, uh, what was it, the 5th century. Yeah, that's that's a remarkable. Well, what, that, that that reminds me. One of the things that also comes across from your your movie when you're interviewing normal people, and I think this is true from my experience. Normal people on the street, they would seem to have a potpourri of beliefs because a lot of people do believe in reincarnation or some variant karma. Mm-hmm. Karma is a big one. There's not a lot of people who do not believe in karma. If you simply say what goes around comes around. If you if you call it that instead of karma, then most people do believe in. I believe in karma. And now, now reincarnation. I am I am agnostic right now. I mean, I think it's possible. I don't know whether we come back as frogs or deer or whatever. But but I do think there's truth to the evolution of spirit over generations. I I I, I believe in that. But 
it, it's remarkable to me, Bob. It came it came across. I don't I don't know whether you noted it, but people who don't give a lot of thought to it, all of a sudden they start mixing up their religions. <laughs> you know, you know, if, if you're a Christian, you're not supposed to believe in reincarnation. Uh, you know, that's not. Oh, but but that one woman said, "Oh, I think reincarnation is a cool idea." Yeah, it's a cool idea. Um, so I think that sort of highlights what an what an interesting topic this is. Now, I, I've gone back and forth on quantum physics, but I want to close a loop here for the listener. Uh, you know, quantum physics comes up a lot uh, in the media. In, in Virtually every New Age book out there has some chapter on quantum physics or some reference to it. And it's true that very few people understand, at least that's what the that's what the uh, the story is, but why it's important here, and I think Bob, this is your point, is it really does show an inter. It shows an interconnection. To me, I like the interconnection part of quantum physics. That reality is sort of smeared out. It's sort of a. It's more of a field. It's a field as opposed to a bunch of billiard balls on a table, and then you've got um, Amit, and you've got uh, I think Henry Stapp, and a bunch of these guys. Who bring who you know consciousness is a part of it, but but and and that was really the underlying theme of Tao of physics in a way. It was like there's a it's a spiritual field, and the beauty of it is for me is it happens to be true, <laughs> I think. So so um, well, you get into the particle wave stuff. It it shows yeah. that consciousness can affect what we call matter, right? Which um, is really, you know, phenomenally um, radical in yeah. many ways. Yeah. Because because the scientific community doesn't even know what consciousness is. They they can't they can't define it. You know, even today. Yeah. So if it, if if your thought can affect matter, then the whole universe kind of shifts. It shows that consciousness creates reality in a way, which is basically what New Agers are saying and prophets have said for a long time. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's amazing that science itself holds quantum theory as being the leading theory of the physical world, yet they haven't incorporated the findings into most of modern science. But, as you say, this is going to take time, and, and that's something that I... Struggle with a lot, which is how long this whole evolution of consciousness is going to take, and and I'm going to try to use terms that are not too airy, and by and by evolution of consciousness, I really mean the point where we start incorporating some of these truths into our lives, such as the truths of quantum theory, and uh, incorporate these old age religious beliefs into the way we treat people. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraged by, by how many good people there seem to be out there. Um, the people that read all these books, and you've published so many of them, the people who read all these books, uh, the people on my show, there's so many warm, sort of loving people, but yet uh, the system stays the same. We still have the Iran versus Saudi Arabia. We still have this woman in uh, Wheaton College being expelled, suspended because she said the wrong thing in her Facebook page. Have you ever 
thought about how long this evolution is going to take? In other words, are we going to? In other words, are we going to be around for it or what? I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, I, doubt I know. It. I know that's the problem. I'd like to be around for it. That's why I'm, I'm doing my best to accelerate it. By the way, I'm not I mean, always. We've come a long way in two thousand years since you know, <laughs> yeah. the time of Christ. Yeah, but... that's true. Yeah. Well, well, people people don't I realize think we have ways to go. Yeah. And if we don't kill, you know, blow each other up first, that's the question. Yeah. Because um, we're in a we're in a world now that can can be destroyed easily. Yeah. By man, by humans. Yeah. And uh, it's it's not a pleasant thought, but um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll be around long enough for the evolution to occur. Yeah. If yeah. not, we'll have to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, I mentioned, I I had this, um, I forget who he was, but I had this guy in my show that that was one of these folks that believes that God is really from outer space or, or um, part of the cosmos. And it wasn't, he was very, very smart, very entertaining and, and fascinating. But there's this Ray Bradbury uh, story, uh, I don't know if you ever read, it's called, I think it's called The Man and it's about uh, Jesus Christ appearing on this other planet. That there's this interplanetary spaceship. They go to and they visit another planet, and it's, it's at the same time Jesus Christ is appearing on that planet. So, you know, there might be hope uh, in the future or in another planet. But but uh, again, we come down to the same thing, which is that uh, we have a we have the natural, beautiful world here. We just haven't figured out how to adapt ourselves to it at the same time. Uh, in other words, how to live together. Um, and hopefully the new age approach is going to start taking deeper root. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I feel like it will. Uh, part of it is, as you point out, things have changed. Um, it wasn't that long ago where the Mormons were wiped out, and then there's, uh, I just had a, uh, my last show was the the um, Lost Teachings of the Cathars, the, ins- the um, Inquisition mm-hmm. destroyed them. In the, back in the day, we used to kill people. I mean, well, Hitler, Hitler did it, uh, Hitler tried to do it. You know, I don't, th- we're still doing it, unfortunately. But, yeah. but it's, it's, yeah. it's remarkable. Look at the, you know, the Islam War. It's still going on. It's, it's remarkable. Well, there's thirty, what some thirty, forty million people died in World War Two. Yeah, and there are people alive today who fought in World War Two. So that's not so far behind us. You know? Yeah, yeah, it, and, uh, yeah. It, it's, at least, at least we're not yet in that situation. I don't know. Yeah, but well, never, it, yeah, never well, happen again like that. But yeah. Well, I I'm of the mind that we've got to do the everything we can to accelerate the the movement, the evolution of consciousness, and that we've talked about. And I think that's why I, that's why I do this show. That's why I write. And I think that your the books that you put out uh, through Rainbow Ridge and this movie are a a contra, are really a big contribution to that. And every there's there's a lot of people doing the same thing. I think the internet has really helped. Um, we we still have it's it's like a, it's like a uh, attacking the citadel though it's like a a, a revolution that, that we've never seen I think that's another reason this is taking so long it's it's I mean toppling 
toppling these 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 entrenched belief systems is not easy and it and but of course maybe the way to do it is when people stop showing up you know well who was it that said science progresses one funeral at a time yeah that was max planck yep max planck right? yep well <laughs> yeah yeah maybe that's what has to happen yeah. you know, the old generation <clears throat> dies out still believing what they believe and new generations come in and, and uh, change those beliefs yeah well that's that's sort of the the default method as i tell people that i may not i may not win every argument but uh, my goal is to really outlive outlive my adversary that's that's really so if the good ideas outlive the bad ideas then then there is hope um, i want to mention one other theme in your in your movie that struck me um, that i really think is powerful and a couple people um, when asked, and I think Alan Cohen said this, and I think Deepak said this, and others, it was it was that we are really a reflection of God, and I think that that, and I think Alan Cohen used the metaphor that I've used in the past, which is like we are rays of the sun, and that to me is a beautiful metaphor. It's a beautiful way to put it, and I think that's really the core teaching particularly in the Eastern religions, but when you um, sort of take away, uh, strip away all of the dogma and orthodoxy of Western religions, particularly Christianity, I think that's really what the teaching is. We are a reflection of God, and I think that would, that really helps, helps us, because that makes, that, it's got to make you feel good. Well, Shirley MacLaine used to go around with her seminars, and she'd wear this big button which said, I am God. Yeah. And basically what she's saying is we all are a part of God, which makes us God, Yeah. in essence. You know, yeah. we may be a, a tiny little drop in the ocean, but we're still part of the ocean. Yeah. Well, so everything is part of it, is a reflection of God, not just us. Um but everything that we can see in the physical and the non-physical universe. Well, it, it, and that, that's a belief that I think Neil has and, and comes through in his books. Well, I think it's a much more healthy way to approach things is, is to imagine that that is true, as if to act as if we were reflections of God or part of God. It's even if even if you can't scientifically prove it, like some people would want scientific proof, but if you if you adopt that as a governing principle, it's got to be a helpful and 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 uh, uplifting way to carry on the practice of life. As far as I'm concerned, well, how could you hurt someone if you know that they're a part of God and you're a part of God? Right. Right, right. I think right. I think that's that's the whole that's the whole story. I mean, you could do all the reading you want. And Pascal's wager is is another one where Pascal said he believes in God because or because if God really exists, then he's going to be rewarded in heaven. If he doesn't uh, believe in God and God really does exist, and he's going to get screwed. He's going to go to hell or whatever. And it's sort of a very, very uh, crude way to approach it. 
but if you sort of ratchet that down and just say, well, since science, to me, science is showing that God exists, that's a whole other topic, but since it looks like there is a God, why don't you carry on your life as if it's true? And it's remarkable to me how many people don't follow that simple lesson. Yeah. You know, it's really it's really something else. So we have quickly come to the end here, and I'm going to ask you to just tell the listeners, if they want to get a copy of the movie, how do they do that, Bob? Well, there's several ways. Um, it's on Amazon, the DVD and the Blu-ray, and, it, and also for streaming. Or you can go to Beyond Words uh, website, Beyond Words Publishing, and they have a streaming version of it there. Yeah. Um, and that's about, it's on Barnes & Noble, too, I, I believe. But um, it's not going to be in you know many bookstores or anything like that. that it, it's not distributed that way. Well, but uh, Amazon is probably the primary place to buy it. Yeah, and 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 again, it's it's the kind of movie that you really have to see. It only takes it's a little over an hour, and it 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 resonates. It would resonate with most people, I think, Bob, because it sort of puts it all together. All of these thoughts, questions we all have, and it puts it, it puts it together with 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 real people. And in closing, I just want to mention, you know, I'm I I always like to think that. In order to really have change, you need to combine science and religion. And we, you know, we tend to think that in order to be smart, intellectual, that you need to be an atheist or you need to doubt God, doubt that God exists. But I think that, as we mentioned, quantum physics is showing that's not true. And a passage in a book by one of our leading scientists really, I think, shows where they're at. And the book is A Brief History of Time by Stephen Hawking. And, you know, Stephen Hawking is one of the, probably the world's most famous scientists. He's also an atheist, I think, although it's not clear. But he ends his book, A Brief History of Time, by talking about uh, the need to have a complete theory uh, of the universe and to find the answers to all these big scientific questions. And he says at the end, he says, if we find the answer to that, it would be the ultimate triumph of human reason, for then we would know the mind of God. And so here we have a leading scientist basically saying to understand the universe, you have to understand the mind of God. So I think all things come, go in a big circle. We all, we all uh, cannot avoid this question about what is God, and it's actually very interesting and stimulating to face it head on. Uh, Bob, thank you very much for your time. It's it's been fun talking to you offline like this. This is Philip. Enjoyed our conversation. This is Philip Camella. This is Conversations Beyond Science Religion, and Bob, good luck to you. Um, a lot's going on uh, for you and for me, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll be talking again. Yeah, keep in touch, Philip. Okay, okay, Take Bob. Care. Take care of yourself. See you. Bye bye. Bye bye. been listening to Conversations Beyond Science and Religion, hosted by Philip Camella. To find out more about Philip and his book, The Collapse of Materialism, visit thecollapseofmaterialism.com. <laughs>